0: Look, if you're listening to this podcast, you likely know the value of automation. That's why I want to tell you about my free automations library. If you want some of my best automations for free, you can head over to howibuilt.it slash automate. We talk about automation a lot on this show, and it's because I think it's the best way for podcasters, creators, and solopreneurs to become more efficient and more profitable. So if you want to start automating, but you're not sure where to, well, start, you can get ahead of the game with 14 of my favorite automations across a bunch of tools like Zapier, Make, Hazel, and Apple's Shortcuts. These are automations I use every day to help me run my business, and I know that you're going to love them. Again, you can get them for free over at howibuilt.it slash automate. That's how howibuilt.it slash A-U-T-O-M-A-T-E. Just how important is writing? According to YouTuber Mark Ellis, your career depends on it. And as someone who's grown his audience to 1 million monthly views in just a couple of years, he knows a thing or two. That's why he's going to take us through his process for creating content, repurposing, and how you can start. Look for these top takeaways. The fact that Mark starts his videos with a blog post, highlighting the incredible importance of repurposing. The fact that his team has been crucial because they can do the things he doesn't have to do, so he can focus on writing, recording, and growing his audience. and. Listen for Mark's story about Medium and how he makes $2,000 a month from that platform, which is free to get started on. He's leveraging the reach on other platforms to grow his business. In How I Built It Pro, we talk specifically about growing his YouTube channel and about podcasting on YouTube. I am so excited for you to hear this episode, so let's get into it. Let's do the intro and then the interview. Hey, everybody, and welcome to How I Built It, the podcast where you get free coaching calls from successful creators. Each week, you get actionable advice on how you can build a better content business to increase revenue and establish yourself as an authority. I'm your host, Joe Casabona. Now let's get to it. All right, I am here with Mark Ellis of Mark Ellis Reviews. And uh, Mark, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming
1: on. Hi, Joe. Thanks for having me.
0: Uh, I'm really excited. In the pre-show, we talked about a lot of things. I feel like, um, uh, we're like, uh, not kindred spirits. That's a really weird thing to say to somebody you just met, but, uh, I feel like we have very similar, uh, journeys and, and outlooks and things like that. Um, the first question I want to ask you, um, you have a combined audience of about a million people per month, um, viewing your content across YouTube and your blog and Medium. how crucial is repurposing? Or how, let's take a step back. How how crucial is writing to that process?
1: It's massively important. And I think that surprises a lot of people because people know me as the the guy on YouTube who reviews MacBooks and you know, smartphones and that sort of stuff. But um and, and that is me. And the majority of that audience, that number that you've just quoted, which t- to me, Joe, is as I was saying just before we started recording, is nuts. I can't get my head around it at all. Yeah. Um, but that number is mainly made up, probably 85% of of, of YouTube views. Um, whereas the rest comes from my blog and from Medium and a few other places. Um, even TikTok, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, and um but but the, again, going back to the, the question about the writing if I didn't write, then I wouldn't have anywhere near that that volume of an audience. It, and, and again, that might seem strange because the majority of my content that's being consumed is video. It's not written stuff at all. But actually, you know, inside baseball, behind the scenes, it is written stuff because yeah. that's where it all starts, basically.
0: Yeah. And so this is, this is I think, a crucial point, right? Because this is something I talk about a lot. I think um, the best YouTube videos are the ones that look effortless, right? Like, I mean, so you're a tech reviewer, right? We were talking about like MKP, MKBHD and Sarah Dietschy. They're like two of, two of my favorites. And it just kind of seems like, you know, Marquez like sits down and talks about the phone or like Sarah just kind of like sits at her desk and has a couple cameras and just like riffs, right? But that's probably not the case. It's the writing and like the maybe storyboarding or whatever that makes it look effortless. And then the editing, of course, like the editing is really important. Um, but when it comes to your videos, um, tech reviewing, I've like, you know, I've reviewed mics. I don't really know what I'm talking about with mics, even though I'm like a podcaster. I'm not like an audio (laughs) engineer. I'm like, yeah, this sounds good for podcasting. Um, but like, there's a lot of stuff to cover, you know, when you're doing like a MacBook, you want to. I'm sure uh, Apple probably gives you. I don't know if Apple gives you the stuff or if you buy it your own. Um, I have but, to buy uh, it. I have to. I have to
1: wait in line like everyone else. Unfortunately. Okay. All
0: right. <laughs> um, I was talking to somebody who like gets the embargoed stuff, and I'm like, nice. "Oh, you're that's so cool and probably nerve wracking. Like, well, like, what if you like mess it up by like mess up the time zone or something? Like, are you blacklisted? <laughs>
1: um, but like, there's probably a lot of stuff to cover. So like, do you do you script your videos? Um, I do, but not in the traditional sense. So I think, again, people probably think that, um, like, like, I think using the example of Marquez, you know, MKBHD, that's a really good example because I was like you, actually. I I remember, I'm a huge fan of his. I've watched him for years and years. And I used to assume, before I started doing this myself, that he did, like you say, just sit down and start, you know, what, in the nicest possible way, waffling off all of this really impressive stuff. Um, yeah. And he doesn't. And we know he doesn't because he's done videos in the past where he's kind of gone behind the scenes and he, um, when he gets a phone to review, he basically uh, spends a week or two weeks using it and notes down all this stuff puts it into a Google Doc. He has writers for him now. That's one important thing. He does have mm-hmm. a writer. Yeah. Um, and then he sits down in front of the camera and he's just very natural and he does it. Um, I'm not at his league at all, but that's a very good example of um, how videos are scripted. Mine's a little bit different to his approach because, I, um, because I'm because i a writer first. I always have been. You know, I've, I've written for much longer throughout my life than I have made videos. Um, uh, most, nine times out of ten, most of my videos start life as a blog post. So I write the blog post sometimes a week before, sometimes a month before. It could be, might be a day before, might be on the day actually. Um, And then I turn that blog post into um, not really a script, but it's just kind of broken down into bullet points. And I don't read it verbatim. I have tried that. I've I've done the whole um, using a a transcript and um, you know sorry teleprompter, which I did that for quite a few videos. And looking, I I don't want to watch them. They're they're embarrassing because it's very robotic didn't, didn't and, that, and that's a real skill to be able to do that I didn't quite realize um so I've, I've kind of got away from that just to riffing off these bullet points from the blog post so in answer to your question they are scripted but not in the in the sense that probably people think they are if that makes sense
0: yeah yeah I think that's a really good point and approach right I've tried using a teleprompter too and it's just like not my favorite thing right like if you're like no. delivering a commencement address right or like whatever like you're like the state of the union or Um, I don't know if your prime minister does something similar where every year they get up on stage. They do, yeah. Yeah. So, um, like, maybe, like, that's, like, the appropriate um, medium for for a teleprompter, but uh, uh, I just said medium. (laughs) Spoiler alert, we're going to talk about (laughs) medium.com soon. Um, But, like, when you're trying to create a dynamic video, like, a teleprompter engaging, you know, a teleprompter is just not great. I don't think
1: no I mean I went into it really naively I kind of uh, I I thought fairly um, I was a bit kind of you know Brushed it off and thought no, that'd be easy. Just put you know put your iPad in front of you, basically, and and read it. Yeah, and you yeah. start doing it, and it's one of the hardest things I've ever tried to do. And then and then you go back and watch people who do it, and have been doing it for years. Like you say, whether it be government people or you know uh, news readers or other YouTubers who do use teleprompters, they're so skilled at what they do, and um, I just can't do it that way. It's, it's it didn't work for me at all. <laughs>
0: yeah, this is another thing that looks effortless, right? Uh, but like. Mm. Or like the better they are, the more effortless it looks. Um, yep. You know, you think about like, okay, I was watching, I don't know if you watch The Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon and all. I, watched the I don't YouTube, watch it. Oh, I'm aware uploaded. of it. Yeah. yeah I so don't watch like, it, but I mean. So, you know, he does like the rehearsal, but there's somebody with cue cards, right? Um, hmm. Which is like also wild to me that it's like 2023 and he, there's still a guy holding cue cards. Um, But, uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense, right? Because if it's like auto-scrolling and like you got to pause for laughs and stuff like that. But like, um, usually you would have no idea he's reading cue cards. Um, And then like he got ahead of himself a little bit and like made a joke on the cue card that wasn't showing. And it was just like a reminder of like how good he and like other late night hosts are at like reading off of this, these cards or a teleprompter. Um, But, you know, like you said, I tried it. And I was like, "Oh, this is." I'm like a, I'm a good public speaker. I speak for a living. Uh, and yeah. then, if you're not reading at like, you need to like dial the, the scroll, the auto scroll, at like your exact speaking pace. Otherwise, like I get totally messed up. Uh, oh, you do and, completely, yeah.
1: So. And there's a, there's a small bunch of YouTubers who can just sit down and not have anything in front of them at all. Um, I, can't, I can't name any because you don't really know who they are, but I know, that, I know they exist. I've even right. tried it myself and failed miserably, but the people who can do that are even more talented and they've just got that natural charisma and ability just to not even think about the camera and just go for it. But most of us can't do that. That's, that's a very unique skill. Um, but again, that comes back to why the writing is so important. You, you have to have something there in front of you. However, you do it, whether it be t- a teleprompter or bullet points like like I have, uh, but there has to be something definitely.
0: Yeah, that's exactly right. And I'll I'll just add one more thing to this. Right, is I create LinkedIn Learning courses, and um, they ask me to create scripts for all the videos, and they're like, you don't read don't read the scripts though. Like the scripts are just like so you know roughly what you're yeah. going to say. Um, and I feel like like that's blog posts are the same exact way. Uh, right. Like you write the blog post, you the writing lets you organize your thoughts, right? Like yeah. so you're not just going like, Oh yeah, oh yeah, and the GPU, oh, and the fans kinda loud in the Mac Studio, um, or whatever.
1: Yeah, and the other thing it does, it keeps it fresh in your mind. So if, if I have written a blog post the day before I start filming the video for that, it's there. It's I've, I've, I can remember it. And you've made a really good point, actually, about covering tech stuff, particularly um, Apple. So I, m- most of my channel, most of my content, actually, is about Apple stuff. Um, and love or hate them. One thing they do really make very hard work for people like me is the number of acronyms and letters and numbers. You know, if you want to buy an M2 Pro 16-inch MacBook Pro with the M2 Max Pro, I've got that <laughs> wrong already. You know, there's so many yeah. different letters and numbers. And things, and I can guarantee, Joe, most of my videos, I'll freely admit, hold it in my hands, have got one or two errors in there. You know, I've misquoted the... The, the processor or the memory whatever it might be um, yeah. people always pick up on that as you can imagine but, of um, course. but again that's that's again why you've got to spend a bit of time like you say organizing your thoughts getting it down onto paper um, unless you're really confident in, t- in a topic if there's something that you've there are certain products actually that I've reviewed where I've reviewed them several times. So if it's a pair of AirPods Max, for, for instance, I've, I've made lots of videos about the AirPods Max. I could probably just about sit down without a script and talk about them in relation to a different pair of headphones um, relatively confidently. But that's only because I've done it again and again. And it again comes back to the consistency and the, 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 the repurposing of the content about those particular headphones. Um, but generally speaking, yeah, you've got, to, you've got to spend time getting your thoughts out and working out what you want to say.
0: Yeah, and this is, I mean, if anybody's tried to record a YouTube video just like off the cuff, right? I'm good. I think I'm good at speaking off the cuff. Like I've done like 400 podcast episodes. Um, And like I'm generally good conversationally. But like sitting in front of a camera and trying to craft a narrative on the fly is hard. And so like usually the first like A-roll, right, that I record for a video is just garbage, right? I might like too. this is where I should have written it down. Um, and so now what I've been doing is, uh, and and this is going to kind of lead perfectly into our conversation about repurposing. Uh, now I will, well, I'll scour old newsletters and blog posts because now I have like a year's worth of those. Mm. But if I create a, something from scratch, I will make it as a LinkedIn post first, uh, yep. Because those are like pretty punchy, pretty short to the point. And then I take that and I turn that into an outline for a podcast episode. Yep. And then I take that and I turn that into the skeleton of a blog post. Um. And so like my ideas are organized. My podcast is a mini podcast, but not this one, the other one. Um, and so th- this is, I'm getting the thoughts out on paper, right? And so if I ever lose track of where I'm going, I know I can, first of all, easily edit that out. But also, like, find the thread, right? Uh, Tom Webster calls it the red thread. What are you trying to talk about this mm. this whole time? Um, and so yeah. you mentioned repurposing. Uh, let's talk about that. What is your… Um, First of all, tell me, like, give me the elevator pitch for anybody who's not sold on repurposing, uh, and I, then tell me your process.
1: Yeah, definitely. So I, I saw something recently on Twitter, and I wish I could remember the two films, but it it doesn't really matter because the same thing applies. So um, someone posted a, um, it was one of the films was the Jungle Book, and it was the the the, the original Jungle Book. Um, and I'm, this this is related. I'm prom- I promise it doesn't yeah. sound like it is. Um, <laughs> but the it showed a sequence where the character was walking across the. The, the screen, like an animated. I don't know if you've seen this, Joe, but it's really yeah. Quite. A I know exactly tweet.
0: what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: Um, the characters walking across, and um, they then show another Disney film where the Ro- a compl- this is Robin Hood. This That's is- it, Robin Hood. Yeah. yeah, completely different film, completely different character, but they're doing the exact same animation. And I think the tweet. I can't again. I won't name the person who tweeted because it's not fair. But the person who tweeted it said. You know this. This is you know, my my entire childhood's a lie. They've just taken this exact same animation and copy and pasted it into a completely different film. And I replied to that tweet and said, "If you think this is the only example of content repurposing at a very big level, a very high, very famous level, then you've, your entire life is a lie because it happens all the time." And my that my eyes were open to this when I started my career as a marketing person several years ago. Um, it became very clear very quickly that to do any kind of content production, you have to repurpose stuff. If you don't, you'll be sitting around for weeks, years making things, and you'll never get anywhere. Um, so everything, pretty much everything that arrives on the screen whether for, for my brand, uh, for Mark Reviews, whether it be a blog post or a a video or a a link. I'm I'm doing stuff on LinkedIn as well and certainly things like TikTok and all of my uh, YouTube shorts and all that content has started life elsewhere. It's something else. Um, It's that classic thing about there's only seven notes. My mum's always said there's only seven songs. There's only seven types of food that you can eat. And it's true, yeah. actually. Um, it's, everything else is just a remix of that that one, that one little small bunch of things. Um, and when you get into content, when you get into creating content, you have to accept that. It's not cheating. You know, that, that Disney example, it's not Disney cheating. It's them being a business and having to get this content out. No one's going to notice that unless you have the, t- the same video playing side by side. No one does. Kids don't do that. And that's what that stuff's for. Um, right.
0: Not to mention, like, Jungle Book came out in 1971. Yeah. I'm a Disney buff, so uh (laughs) uh, unlocked. Um, 71. Robin Hood came out in I think the early eighties. That era was lovingly called the Disney Bronze era because it was not a good time in Disney's history. And they did reuse a lot. But like Robin Hood was one of my favorite animated films growing Mm -hmm. up. And like I I don't care today that they use the same stills from the jungle book or like that little John is Baloo. Like like a character yeah, it doesn't matter it's no. you're telling an interesting story, right
1: exactly, yeah, and that's what this is all about. What, what I do is telling stories. It's not quite as interesting as the jungle book or exciting as the jungle book, but it's it's telling stories about tech and um again, that comes back to to repurposing the content and and you asked about my um my kind of um process for this like my technique for this so um it is very simple it's a case of planning I don't plan out too far because i I can't because I work in the tech industry where things Mm. change very quickly. I don't always know uh, all all of the releases that are coming up, so I have to leave a bit of space. So I typically plan at the very most a month ahead, but that's quite far ahead for me. So probably two weeks. And I'll start by planning out my weekly blog posts. So for every week, Monday to Friday, I write on both, and we'll come on to this later, I think, but I write on both my own website and Medium. And then I do two sometimes three videos a week on youtube um and as i mentioned earlier that the writing is the starting point so you know i wake up fairly early i tend to write quite early in the morning because that's when i somehow manage to get the words out and yeah. um do that each day um, what, I do have people that help with this, so I, do, I have recently invested in some help uh, externally from a publishing perspective. so everything is still created created by me, but the um, the publishing of the blog post is done by someone else now because it was a very kind of you know it's a very similar procedure each time. yeah, um, they do that. they upload it into medium and do that as well for me. Um, so it arrives on you know fully formatted and published. It then gets shared onto Twitter. Um, it gets shared as, as an Instagram story um, I might like like you said I might then turn the blog post into a um, a tweet thread possibly or a, a LinkedIn article I occasionally use chat GPT for that which shock horror but this is one of the ways that you can use it creatively you know you're taking your own work you're getting it to break it up quickly for you into a bunch of individual tweets oh
0: that's so smart <laughs> That's that, so smart. That's not
1: my idea, by the way, but I had that yeah. same reaction when I saw someone else doing it and thought, Oh God, that makes that makes so much because before that I was I was getting the blog post, copying it into some th- something else, pressing enter and
0: Yeah, like typefully or whatever, oh, and then God, like, yeah. yeah. Right. It takes forever. That's terrible.
1: Yeah. And the whole yeah. point of, of, of content repurposing is to make it simple and quick. It's got right. to be quick, otherwise you again you're wasting time. Um so yeah, so it goes onto the so- social sites, um, and then it gets turned into the video. Um, but I don't stop there. So the video for, for YouTube gets created, and that will be eight, ten minutes, whatever, standard YouTube length. Mm-hmm. gets uploaded, published, great stuff. Um, but then I get someone to break up the video into normally three or four shorts. So he, he takes the, the original video, chops them up, gives me, like I say, three or four shorts back. They get then uploaded to um, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube shorts, those three platforms. So from one video, you have suddenly got, God knows how much more content yeah, on these short-form so platforms. Content, yeah. yeah, and much content. Yeah, and consequently, an awful lot of views. Um, so you're adding, you've got the YouTube views, but then you've got the TikTok views, and you've got the, the Instagram views. And just very quickly, going off on a slight tangent with TikTok, um, this is a really good example of where I've used content repurposing to build an audience very quickly on a platform that I haven't done much with. So back in August last year, I didn't have a TikTok account at all because... You know, I'm 41 and don't understand understand it at all. But um, I knew that I had to get back on it and, and do something with it. So I started the TikTok account and thought, all I'm going to do is repurpose. Chop things up, put it on it, and not think anything about it. I've now got 9,000 followers on there, which is crazy. Wow,
0: just from, just from repurposing.
1: Most of it's repurposed. Some of it is me walking around with the phone talking. If, if, if an idea strikes me, the great thing sure. about... Vertical content, is you can just shoot very quickly and, and upload it. Yeah. But 90% of what's on there is just chopped up from YouTube videos, which but, some people so, will say is not a good idea. But
0: yeah, but I want to key in on this, right? Because I had a couple of TikTok experts on uh, probably like a year or so ago on this show, and they were great, right? Uh, Rebecca Simon uh, is one of them. And I for, forgive me, uh, the gentleman guest who came on, who was also really good. But, um, you know, like they kind of uh, prescribed the same thing pick a day shoot like pick five shirts record a bunch of things um and then like schedule it all out and i'm like i don't want to do that right like
1: <laughs> i like usually
0: work. yeah and like i'll record you know i'll record like tiktok video i don't use tiktok is one of those other things that i like you know don't use because united states china relationships but <laughs> yeah. um you know let's say reels um I usually like record, like I'll get a thought on my cigar walks. Every afternoon I take a walk with a cigar. Nice. Um, a very healthy person. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but like usually I'll record it then. Like I'm walking, I'm, I'm yep. like, or I'm sitting at this point, I'm smoking a cigar, and I'll, I'll give some podcast advice. That's the kind of content that works for me. So like the fact that you're like 9,000 followers on TikTok, mostly repurposing some of these like quick vertical videos, I think it shows that like, as long as your content is good and resonates with people, like you don't have to follow the formula.
1: You really don't know, and that idea of doing those kind of, you know, bringing in loads of different shirts, and and uh, that can work, but it's it's just a lot of work, and yeah. you don't and, need to do it.
0: And maybe if TikTok is your primary platform, like True. yeah, right. Like, I'm sure, like, the people who are on TikTok are, like, listening to your process going, like, geez, like, writing a blog post and then recording an eight-minute video? Like, that's so long. Like, I'm just going to upload my TikTok videos to YouTube.
1: And they probably look at what I'm doing with TikTok and and, uh, Reels and think, that's a bit cheap because it's just chopped up videos. And and to a degree, it probably is. It's a very quick way of building an audience, but... I don't really care. If it brings in the numbers, I get I get a lot of terrible comments, but I get a lot of nice comments. I've got 120,000 likes on TikTok. I, I didn't have those back in August. Um, and yeah. it's been very easy to get them, really. Um, I say easy. Obviously, all this comes from content that I pour a lot of work. I should kind of confirm this, that I, I spend a lot of time on my YouTube videos. I'm, 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 I'm a videographer by trade. I was before this. And okay. I'm the sort of person who does lots of little things that people probably don't ever notice, but I know I've done it. So I, I take great pride in the work I do. But that pride... It doesn't disappear, but it does kind of evaporate a little bit by the time it gets to TikTok because it's just a case of these people like like this. It's getting them talking. I've got people arguing between themselves in comments between Samsung and Apple fans. Great. That's brilliant for the brand. Let's make it simple.
0: Yeah, I love that. I'll also say like, you know, I, I mean, maybe the podcast community is a bit more polite unless you talk about like the Blue Yeti. Um, <laughs> but I was like 9to5Mac just redesigned their site. And I'm I'm pretty sure I know the agency who did it from my, my experience in the WordPress space because the CEO of that company like shared the site. And I'm like, why do you care if they redesign unless you did it? Um, and then I'm reading the comments and they're like, the old site was better. This all sucks. And I'm like, if I ran an Apple, like if I ran 9 to 5 Mac, I would shut it down and like never go on the internet again. Like Apple, mean Apple fanboy comments are like some of the worst comments.
1: They're not as bad as headphone people. If you want to get really roasted, review a pair of headphones and say something nice about them. Because the people that don't like those headphones will come after you with, not literally, but with digital pitchforks. They'll, um, they wow. are brutal. I don't know why, because they're just headphones. Who cares? But they, yeah, they are absolutely lethal, those people.
0: That's wild. And that's like, you know what? Most people probably won't be able to tell the difference. Like, oh, really? I consider myself an audiophile a little bit. And like... If I did, like, a blind test between, like, the AirPods Max and, uh, you know, well, I got, like, the… I could probably tell the difference between these two because these these and the AirPods Max are always on my head. But, like, the new Bose Comfort, whatever one. The ones that don't mm. suck, right? Yeah. There was, like, the ones that sucked in the, <laughs> the middle the of the ones, two yeah. QuietComfort. Yeah. The seven
1: hundred, um,
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference. Or maybe, like, if I was… If I was listening to Apple music, maybe right, because they like do that, but like if I'm listening to Spotify on both of them, I'm probably not going to be able to tell you which switch
1: no that that's that sums it up completely and yeah. it's the same thing with a lot of smartphone comparisons and laptop comparisons, but yeah, definitely yeah
0: amazing um so th- this has been great. your process is very cool it's um again very similar to my podcasting process um I want to touch on well, first of all, I want to touch on going back to the Jungle Book versus Robin Hood. First of all, yeah. neither of those movies were original ideas. Like those were exactly. yeah. books. Um yep. and like if you're if those people are really worried about their childhood, like just like blow their mind and be like, also, what the Lion King is Othello? The Lion King yep. is Hamlet. Or, yeah. Othello. It's one of the yeah. two, isn't it? I think it's Othello. It's one of it? them. Right. Yeah. Um, and they'll be like, what? <laughs> like
1: <laughs> you can guarantee Shakespeare stole it from somewhere else.
0: Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Uh so like, yeah, like you said, um, there's like seven, seven ideas, right? Um, there's a great video by Axis of Awesome. I don't know if you've heard of them. They have I've a song called Four they have a song called Four Chords, and they just play these four chords and then just start singing a bunch of popular songs. I haven't. Like, yeah, they're brilliant. all the, they're all the same song. They're all the same chords. Yeah. Um but it's the story that you tell that's the important part, right? Um, and so, writing is super important to your process. You're repurposing your content, creating these videos. I love that you're like that you're sharing clips. I think something that I don't want to get lost in this is that you do have a team of people, um, a small team. I have the same. I have a, a podcast editor and a VA, and so uh, my VA will add. Um, everything, like upload these podcasts for the members and for for mm. uh, general consumption and things like that. Um, so, I mean, how crucial is your team to your
1: process? Really crucial. And, and to be honest, I've only really invested in the team, Joe, this year. So um, up until... Probably December last year. The only thing I had really externally was an accountant, a bookkeeper, and a PR, uh, a couple of PR people. Um, oh, interesting. Yeah, they've been fantastic. They've been very, very valuable. Um, but I, I Oh, to... gosh. This is, I'm sorry. This no. is how you got booked on this show, I think, right? It was. It, it, exactly. I wouldn't be sitting here now, actually, if you hadn't spoken to Kate, who's my PR. Manager. Well, I'll tell you, Kate's pitch was good because I'm really
0: selective <laughs> when, uh, when I get reached out to. She's doing one, a good one, job one, then. Yeah, like when podcast bookers reach out to me, they're usually like crappy. Um,
1: <laughs> no that's that's why I employ her really but yeah. I don't employ her but I, that's why I, I use her services yeah. but um, yeah so <clears throat> that, that's pretty much all I had up until the start of this year really and I, I got towards the end of last year and looked at the my kind of review of 2022 and thought I'm spending way too much time doing things I shouldn't be doing um, and I, I made I made 2023 the year that I was going to get the help that I needed really with this and uh, same as you I've got a VA now and uh, I've only had the VA up and running for about a month and it's made you'll know this, it's made such a difference. All the things that I did every single day, whether it be you know publishing blog posts or some of the things that I mentioned earlier, actually, they are done by the VA. And I had that kind of horrible thing where you think, I've got to let go of this stuff. And I, I wrote these massive procedures for them, which I can guarantee they looked at and thought, we don't need to know what step thirty six is. You know yeah. what's going on about, and they've done it, and they've done it better than me, much better than I could do it. They do it quicker. It doesn't cost me very much, and I've suddenly got this time back to, to invest in content. Um, so yeah, I've got those those guys doing that, and then I've got um, like I mentioned earlier, I've got people, uh, people, I've got two two people who do um, uh, the, the the podcast edits. I've got a podcast as well that's that's edited by someone now, and the other guy does the chopping up of the short form content for TikTok and uh, and Instagram Reels, etc.
0: Nice. Uh, so are you editing Are you editing your YouTube videos yourself?
1: I am. That's one thing I haven't given up. And it's one thing I don't really want to give up at the moment. Um, yeah. go, again, going back to Marquez, who, I'm big, who I am a big fan of, as you can tell, I keep referencing him. Yeah. Um, he only very recently has got his own editor in. And he's still doing quite a bit, from what I understand, he's, he's still doing quite a bit of editing himself. Um, and this is a guy with you know, 11, 12 years experience on YouTube and 15 million followers, uh, subscribers. Um, right. And he didn't want to let go of it because he enjoys the process. He's created it. And that's my, that's pretty much, I'm not I'm nowhere near as big as him, but I, that is the way that I I approach the editing as well. It's where I, I build the story for the YouTube videos, really.
0: Yeah, and that's exactly right. You know, there's like all these, um, you know, one of my favorite stories was is, is how Star Wars was saved in the edit, right? And... Like, the edit is the place where you get to, if you, if you shot things differently or you want to add this specific B-roll, that is the place where you get to tell the story. Yeah. Um, and so, I think that's, re- that's really important. If it's, if it's something that you like to do, then, then you should do it, right? I hate editing my podcast. Um, and I hate editing video. I use ScreenFlow. And like, I just recently learned about the, um, I've used ScreenFlow for over a decade. And I just recently learned about uh, what's it called—the smash delete or whatever it's called.
1: I don't use ScreenFlow, so I'm not sure. But um, oh
0: man, it's like you delete a clip and then it brings the the other two pieces together automatically.
1: So it's like a magnetic timeline that you get in—you get that in Final Cut Pro, very similar. Right. To
0: and I'm like, surely ScreenFlow has this, but I couldn't figure out how to do it. And so I would delete a clip and then just like drag. <laughs> And I'm like, this is adding. This is like doubling my process. And then, like, I was watching uh, David Sparks yep. use ScreenFlow, and uh, he like, did, I think it's called uh, Smash Delete or whatever. Um, and I'm like, where has this been in like ScreenFlow the been whole time? Yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, crazy.
0: So, like, you know, it's uh, not my favorite thing, but um, uh, I think this is super important. You know, my VA, like, she proves her worth. Uh every time I'm late on an episode and I'm like uploading it over the weekend, and I'm like, God, what do I have to do? I go back to our documentation now,
1: <laughs> the thing that you used to do. you have to teach yeah. yourself again, yeah, and like
0: yeah. like the documentation was created because I recorded myself doing it hmm. and narrated what I was doing, and then had her transcribe and write out the steps and now i barely like I barely remember that I need to do these things now, <laughs> and it takes me so long, and I'm like, God, this is. She's totally worth the money I pay her. She's worth more than the money I pay her, probably. Um, So I think that's super interesting. Um, We've been talking for about a half hour. I want to get to um, what I think, I don't know, I can't say this is the most interesting, um, especially because in the pro show, we're going to talk about growing your YouTube channel in a very competitive space. I would also love to get your thoughts on YouTube entering podcasting because uh, this is something that I've been thinking about a lot. Um, But... Uh, you mentioned medium.com in our pre-show um, and you've been posting about that on LinkedIn. I was just recently encouraged to start writing on medium again, medium.com. I'll say medium.com since I used like medium the other way before. Um, and uh, I'd love to get your your thoughts on that, right? Because you have your own website, uh, you have YouTube and you're publishing to these other platforms. Um, and coming from the the WordPress space, like we've always viewed medium as like the the enemy like the the hosted platform who could just take our content and paywall it if they want. So uh tell give me a little rundown of like how medium works for you.
1: Yeah, well firstly medium itself I mean a lot of people don't seem to know what medium is, but whenever I'd kind of speak to someone and they say what what is Medium? I, I, my response to that is generally, you've probably read something on Medium because it's got such high search authority on Google. If you search for something, you'll you'll see a Medium article somewhere in that on that first page. Um, but you wouldn't know you're reading on Medium unless you knew, knew what to look for. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just a blogging platform. And like you say, it's very similar to WordPress, but only to a point. So you know, WordPress is this much bigger thing that you can, you know, could kind of turn into whatever you want it to be it can be a full website it can be just a blog it can be all sorts of things whereas medium is specifically a blogging platform but the difference between medium and something like wordpress is that medium has a i think it's around about 700,000 um members that that pay to use medium so they they pay annually about $50 or something uh, to read it and um yeah, you know, without that subscription, you can read a certain number of articles each day, but it, it runs out after a while. Um, so it's got this ready-made audience, and it's huge. It's a massive audience, and on top of that, because it has such good search authority, you have you know you have seven hundred thousand members, but you also have a huge number of, of kind of inbound um, yeah, people coming in from from Google searches. So it's it's a huge website, and, it, and for, for writers, it's it's a massive opportunity, and it's a bigger opportunity than most people realise. I think that's the thing which um, when you start talking to Journalists, I've done this quite quite a bit recently. our know, journalists and uh, students and people who uh, do what I used to do for for quite a while, which is write blogs for for commercial reasons. You know, for, for for other businesses and that sort of stuff. When they hear what you can do on Medium, <clears throat> excuse me, which is basically write, writing about stuff that you enjoy and potentially getting paid for it, which we'll come on to in a minute. Yeah. Um, it's, it's it's amazing. It's really freeing. And, and going back to what you were saying about WordPress, I know we talked about this a bit in the pre-show, which surprised you, but this is a very common misconception that um, WordPress and something like WordPress and Medium kind of are this kind of warring faction, you know, they're, they're kind of competitors. Um, I use Medium and WordPress together. And to, without both of them, I wouldn't have got anywhere near as, um, a, a, as bigger audience as I have done. Um, and the, the reason for that is that my publishing process starts on my website, which is hosted on, 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 um, on, uh, um, got to the it. <laughs> hosted on WordPress. Yeah. Um. Sorry, it's been a long day. Um. Host, hosted on WordPress. So I, I, I basically, I start the blogging process there. It gets published on my WordPress site. When that's done, it's published and I've shared it and do all the stuff with it. I take the URL from the WordPress blog post, and then Medium has an import tool. So you basically go into Medium, mm. click on import, pop in that uh, WordPress URL. Click import. You have to do a bit of formatting because it misses a few things out, but not not too much. Um, And then you hit publish, and then basically you've got the same blog post on your website, WordPress, and as you have on Medium, identical. You you might, I mean, occasionally I'll change the title just to. Sometimes certain titles work a bit better on Medium than they do on my website. Um, But it's the exact same content, pretty much, same images, same text. And the first thing you think, and I thought this before I started doing it, is hang on a minute, duplicate content. Yeah, Google's not going to like this. They're going to look at this and think, right, his website is going to be pushed down search rankings because it's got duplicate content. We we will favour Medium because Medium's got it's just massive. Marketless Reviews is tiny. Doesn't work. Doesn't work that way at all. And the reason it doesn't work doesn't work that way. And being a web developer, you'll be aware of this. When you import into Medium. Medium automatically inserts a canonical link. I think
0: mm. that's how you pronounce
1: it. Yeah, uh, back yep. to your site. So it basically basically tells Google that the original attribution for this um, this this work is the website that it came from. Leave it in leave it in peace. Let it let it do its thing. Um, and to date, basically, that's meant that I've been able to build two separate audiences: one on my website one on Medium with the same content. And crucially, if, you know, if you're running a business like I am, I'm earning revenue from both of those sources. So, And I don't mind talking about the numbers at all. On, on Medium, um, I don't earn below $2,000 a month on their partner program. And on my website, it averages between 1500 to about $2,000 per month on AdSense revenue. My wow. website is full of ads. I'm not slightly embarrassed about it, but it does work at the moment, so I'm leaving it as it is. Um, I don't mind admitting that. But um, but you suddenly got there, you know, three and a half, four grand's worth of, of revenue. And it's it's a classic example of repurposing content in a way that most people aren't aware of.
0: Wow, that's that's incredible. And like you said, the canonical um, marking is really important, right? Because again, like like you said, you um, You can, because there are people who who will like share content or republish content and repurpose content. Um, But like telling Google like, hey, this is like, I call it the one true source, right? This is the one true source uh, for this content. Send it here. Um, Then like, yeah, Google's fine with it, right? Oh, Mm -hmm. all right. Well, at least you're recognizing that you're not just wholesale copying this. Um, That's really interesting. I wonder if there's a way for me. I'm like a big automation nerd. Uh, I wonder if there's a way to do the import via Make or Zapier.
1: There probably is. Yeah, I mean, if there yeah. is, let me know. But I mean, that, again, that's something that I'm getting my V.A. to do. They're doing that at the moment, yeah. so I'm not. I'm not doing that anymore. But that that would be great. I mean, that would be amazing if you could do that. Um, and also, just very quickly, I think I've heard a few people say that if you do it in this the method that I've just described, um, in in some way that will harm your rankings on on Medium. But in my experience, that hasn't been the case, unless I am leaving lots of views on the table. But The way it performs at the moment, I'm happy with. You know, I don't think that's the case. It it seems to work very well. And um, I've established this consistent revenue and consistent views.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, well, I mean, it doesn't sound like um, $2,000 a month uh, is more than most people make on their writing. Um, Oh, it's amazing, yeah. That's like more than I earn on my LinkedIn learning royalties right now, (laughs) which is wild.
1: So like... Well, I mean, again, I mean to have to put it into perspective. And another, but um, in 2021, when I first started making that kind of revenue on on Medium for that year, the top month that year was four thousand seven hundred dollars. Wow. Um, which is just crazy, and I had some fairly big. I mean, it's dropped a bit. I've not had another month like that, and that was only due to one or two articles really going, going viral. Mm-hmm. Um, but it it kind of sh- demonstrates what is possible with a platform like Medium, and again, linking it back to your own website. If you've got a strategy for for doing a bit of content repurposing between the two, and it, and it, it works, and it's it's legal, and it all everyone's happy, then it's there to be had, really.
0: Yeah, and I think this is uh really important to point out right is um uh you have the content repurposing strategy you're using medium as a platform and they're bringing the audience right it's it's a lot like i i think of medium as like a mall versus like having your own standalone shop right like people are going to go to the mall for one thing and they're going to see a bunch of other stores that they're going to go into um, for for our Gen Z listeners, a mall is a place with a lot of stores in one spot.
1: Uh, <laughs> you, used to be quite a big thing.
0: Used to be quite a big thing. Um, and And yeah, I mean, it's great. You know, I would do this with Facebook too, right? People are like, oh, why are you building a Facebook group when you can like build your own community on Circle? And it's almost like saying like, Uh, why would you live in a town when you can live off the grid, right? Like, people aren't going to come visit you if you live off the grid. It's harder to get to you that way, right? Whereas if you live in a town in an apartment building, like, it's easy for people to come visit you. They're right there already. It depends on what you're
1: doing. If you're doing it for altruistic reasons, fine. But I'm doing this for a business. I'm I'm always very honest about that. You know, you get a bit of flack for this in the comments. And it, it makes me laugh because, you know, people say, oh, you're doing this for the clicks. Well, Yes, because that is my business. I, I, I literally right. make content to be clicked. Um, and but if you're doing it for, for other reasons, fair enough. You might want to build it on your own platform. But I haven't got time for that. It'll take me forever. And it would cost me a fortune. I wouldn't make any money. So um, I wouldn't enjoy it either. That's the key thing. I I, I genuinely enjoy this. And, and that's the, going back to what we've said a moment ago about Medium and your own website, obviously, you're, you're free to write about whatever you want. If there's an audience for it, then you'll find them. There'll be lots of those people, um, and you'll be yeah, you'll, you'll you'll be rewarded for writing about stuff that you enjoy, and that that's very rare. In uh, having spent quite a few years myself, uh, you know, writing for other businesses, writing things that I was had no interest in whatsoever. You know, I've got f- friends who have who have been journalists and have worked really really hard in that field, and that is a tough tough industry that you don't particularly always enjoy writing about, and you don't get paid very well for. Right. this is completely different to that you know you're not chasing you're not being chased by editors you're not being
0: this episode is brought to you by text expander look one of the best things you can do for yourself as a creator is become more efficient and text expander is one of the best ways to do that what could you do with more hours every month repetitive typing little mistakes searching for answers they're all taking precious time away from you and your ability to create great content with Text Expander, you can take that time back. I use Text Expander every single day for full emails that I send to sponsors and potential sponsors, affiliate links, common social media responses, and even podcast editing instructions for my team. On average, it saves me 34 hours per year just in typing. That doesn't include looking for resources or finding that one email I wrote that one time so I can reuse it. Here's how it works. Drop your commonly used content into a text expander. Snippet and give it an abbreviation. Then type that abbreviation and your content expands wherever you type. Text expander is available everywhere from the PC to the Mac to Android and iOS. Show listeners can get 20% off. Just sign up at howibuilt.it/textexpander and become more efficient today. This episode is brought to you by LearnDash. Look, I've been making courses for a long time. I've taught at the college level and I've created curriculums for several different organizations, including Udemy, Sessions College, and LinkedIn Learning. When I create my own courses, there's no better option than LearnDash. LearnDash combines cutting-edge e-learning tools with WordPress. WordPress. They're trusted to power learning programs for major universities, small to mid-sized companies, startups, and creators worldwide. What makes LearnDash so great is it was created by and is run by people who deeply understand online learning and adds features that are truly helpful for independent course creators. I love the user experience. And now you can import Vimeo and YouTube playlists and have a course created automatically in seconds. I trust LearnDash to run my courses and membership, and you should too. Learn more at howibuilt.it slash LearnDash. Let's talk about customer reviews for a second. Are you properly leveraging them for your business? Customer reviews are pure gold. People are willingly telling you what they like, don't like, and want. I don't know about you, but I've spent a lot of time reading through my own reviews and my competitors' reviews to gain new insights. To be honest, it's sort of like drinking from a fire hose. That's why I love GapScout.com. GapScout simplifies this entire process by using AI to consolidate and analyze customer reviews across the internet. And not just your reviews, but the reviews of every business in your market. You'll gain insight into how customers in your market feel about your business compared to your competitors, where there are gaps, and the biggest opportunities to win more customers. GapScout continually monitors customer opinions and reports on the changes so that you can beat the competition and stay ahead of market trends. Getting started is easy. Go to GapScout.com to learn more. And be sure to join the mailing list to get the latest news. That's GapScout.com.
1: Having to chase invoices or pitch for work. It's just, you're your own publisher, basically.
0: I hear from a lot of people, like, when you start a podcast, don't even think about how you're going to make money, just launch it. And I'm like, no, that's like the opposite of what you should do. (laughs) Like, think about how you're going to make money, even if you're not making money. You don't have to make money on day one, but like, think about how it's going to make money. Hmm. Unless you're just like setting money on fire, right? Like, then fine, do whatever (laughs) you want. Um... Buy Twitter for $44 billion. <laughs> uh, but doing it for a business and understanding that it's almost like when people say, oh, that band sold out, they're on the radio now. That's the ultimate goal
1: cool for save. bands.
0: Like yeah. be on the radio. <laughs>
1: yeah, I always think about Calvin Harris with that. He's um, obviously a, a Scottish guy, and I, I, I've always admired him because I've always been a bit of a kind of bedroom music producer myself. But he's yeah. he's done it, and he he, you know, he used to work at Morrison's, which is a again for the Gen Z, as it's a in fact they know this. It's a it's a shopping uh, place in the UK. But he used to work. He used to stack shelves in Morrison's, and now he you know headlines and he has residences in Las Vegas and. He's living yeah. his best life, isn't he? And he's a, a classic example of someone who you can look at and think, well, he's actually sold himself out there a bit because he's gone from creating these kind of little niche albums to working with Rihanna and, well, hang on a minute, he's now working with Rihanna and right. <laughs> he's, he's, you know, fair play. You know, he's, he's, he's won in that case, hasn't
0: he? Yeah, yeah, right. Like, I had a friend in high school who loved AFI. Um, and... Uh, like they got radio play uh for silver and gold. And I'm like, dude, AFI's on the radio, isn't that cool? He's like, I hate them now. They sold out. And I'm like, Yeah, I don't want my favorite band to be successful. I was like, I don't want the Yankees to win the World Series. That's selling out, right? Like that's what, what do
1: people want? You know, it's yeah, it's bizarre, right. It? So
0: you want them to just be underground so like nobody knows about them. So like I don't then they'll stop doing what they're doing.
1: Anyway. Exactly. Exactly.
0: End that soapbox. Um the uh so much great stuff here, Mark. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Um I'm going to ask you uh, this question. So actually, I'm going to phrase it like this. Uh, you and I both said in the pre-show that writing comes pretty easily to us, right? At least uh, getting that first draft out um, comes pretty easily to us. I had Dickie Bush on the show last year, Ship 30 for 30, um, which I personally feel is like a bunch of poppycock. Like, I don't think you need to like hustle, like that hustle culture and write every day or whatever, but I find it easy. Um, maybe there are people who need to build that habit first um, what is your recommendation for someone who wants to start writing more regularly
1: um it's really it's a bit of a cliche to be honest but it's the best thing i think that works it's just write just and this doesn't when i say just write i don't mean publish a blog post every day like i do because that is hard work and i should kind of clarify really that i didn't just start doing this in 2020 you know, like i've mentioned before i've been doing i've been writing a lot for for many many years um but if you if you're not in that position, if you don't find it that easy to write, um, just start writing for yourself really. Because that, that's what most of us I don't know if you did this, but that's what most of us did to begin with, whether it be writing your own novels as a kid that you think are mm-hmm. going to be published or whatever. I know you ever read, and maybe you give it to your mum to read or whatever. Um yeah. or writing your own, you know, if you're writing journaling is a great example of In fact that's that is what I'd recommend doing. If you if you Want to get into the habit of writing, and it's that it's building the habit that is the hardest thing, but also the, the the point of success is when you've got you've made it a habit, like going to the gym. If you can make a habit of the gym, you'll be fitter, no question about it. Um, so start journaling. You know, does every day. You don't have to do it at a certain time. People say, oh, make sure you do it at the same time every day. First thing in the
0: morning. All
1: that sort of stuff. You won't do it because it becomes a burden. Whereas if you just do it when you feel like doing it, even if you miss a few days, it doesn't matter. Just make sure you do it you write as often as possible. Um, And you will start to fall into it. Like I say, it'll become a habit You'll start to fall in love with the process, and then you'll probably feel confident enough to start putting your work out there because that's quite a big thing. You know, we do this; this is what we do for for our livings, and we're used to putting ourselves out there. But well, you'll know this when you first do it; it's it's nerve wracking, and you, when you first start getting a few negative comments back, it's always a bit a bit cutting, isn't it? And um, yeah. it, it, it takes time to build up that confidence to do it. So just do it; just write for yourself. Don't write for anyone else. It's that's the key thing, really.
0: Yeah. I love that. And it makes perfect sense, right? And like, that's, I am, um, you know, I have like a health coach, a friend who's into health and we meet once a week. Um, And I always think like, oh, you know, like I heard you're supposed to work out in the morning or whatever, like that gets your metabolism going or whatever. And she's like, the best time to work out is when you work out. like, yeah. And so like the same thing, the best time to write is when you write. Um, When I feel like a lull, uh, or, like, I'm, like, not feeling motivated, sometimes I'll open the text editor and write. Sometimes I'll go play the drums because that's, like, energy. But, like, you know, if you're, like, not sure what to do, just open a text editor and write what you're feeling at that time, right? Like, it It could just be that Yeah. in the beginning, right? And you're, you're getting into that habit. I love that. Um, now, you know, one thing we didn't talk about that was in your pitch uh, and that maybe I want to touch on quickly, but this is probably, like, a whole other episode is... Uh, did you do like any like uh, SEO or like paid advertising to build your audience or anything like that?
1: No, none. I've never spent money on, for, for this business anyway, I've, I've never spent money on PPC or, yeah. or SEO. I, I wrote about this recently on LinkedIn, actually. And um, I kind of said that, link, that SEO is a waste of money sometimes. Um, I've, got, I've got great respect for people who, who know how to do SEO. I don't. I, I know the very basics of it, which I've learned over a few years, you know, working with other people who know far more than me. Um, but I think when you're looking at the sort of thing that I do, it would have been a waste of money it would have been a very silly spend of marketing spend basically putting that money into seo because okay i might have ended up with a nice site with you know, lots of search rankings and stuff but the content would have been missing because i'd have been investing too much time and effort and expense in the seo side of things so literally yeah. all i've done um with my website you know, i mentioned that the, the revenue it's making from adsense that comes from roughly i think it averages about between 4 to Four and a half thousand unique hits a day. Um, it's built that traffic purely from me, one, publishing regularly, two, adding things like meta descriptions to image alt, alt tags and things, mm. and making sure there's a keyword in the title and yeah. a couple of keywords. Some of that, the like
0: piece. technical SEO, like organic SEO yeah. stuff.
1: But it's it's really it's it's just it's common sense to be honest, Joe. You know, it's, yeah. SEO is common sense apart from the real technical stuff, which I don't understand. The yeah. stuff that I do is just common sense. So it's, it's it's literally been that. I've not done any anything else. I've not paid for ads either, like you say. I've not boosted. I think I did try boosting posts on on Facebook when I very first started. And, and what you realise is that when you do that. It brings in lots of traffic, but 99% of that traffic is completely useless because right. they've got no interest in you at all. You, you've kind of reeled them in for, for something. You've you've got your, your audience targeting wrong, and they've come in, and they're like, well, what's this? And they've disappeared completely. So you've right. wasted $50 doing that. You know, It's a complete waste yeah. of time.
0: You've paid for them to basically like scoff at your content and
1: leave. Exactly, which right. is not good.
0: Right. Uh, I love that. That's great. Um, definitely a lot of food for thought for me. Um, I got a, lot, a ton of content in a bunch of places. I think maybe after this, the first thing I'll do is is create a new publication on Medium called the Profitable Podcaster and and import. I will do a couple, and then I will have my VA do the rest. I think that's probably a good move for me. Um, yeah. And then, like I said, I told you in the pre-show, like I was re- publishing to Medium copying it back to my WordPress site using a make automation. uh, And it sounds like I'll do it the opposite way now, uh, where probably based on the source, I'll have it go into different publications. Uh, Because you can, again, if you're unfamiliar with medium.com, you can have multiple publications under a single user. and and publish to them or just publish to no place, right? Like that was the confusing bit for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so yeah. Basically, how it works, you have have one profile on Medium, so you're the writer on Medium. So for me, it's just Mark Ellis is the writer on there. But you can publish to different publications. That's probably what you're you're thinking of. So you can publish to your own profile. That's fine. Although, unless you've got a huge audience that isn't particularly effective mm-hmm. the best thing you can do is publish to established publications which are a bit like magazines within Medium so you know I, I publish on Mac Clock, which is a you know a, a kind of Mac Apple based um, publication on Medium there's thousands of these things you can create your own yours? as well is that yours? no I am a, okay. I'm a co-editor on it but it's not okay. I didn't start it it's a guy in Athens who started it but um, nice. but yeah you can you can basically publish to as many of those publications as you want Um it makes sense to stick within one niche. That is one thing I yeah. keep in mind. But
0: cool, yeah that that makes perfect sense. Uh, I assume it's uh, Athens, Greece, and not like Athens, Georgia. No, it's <laughs> Athens, Greece. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Okay, so I guess one more follow-up question on this. Do you find that being a co-editor on a publication has helped build your audience or was that just kind of like a residual from you already building your audience?
1: No, it's really helped. Yeah. So okay. the the reason I mean, I've got 16,000 followers on Medium now, uh, which has taken a long time to build. It's quite a slow growth on that mm-hmm. compared to things like YouTube, but um yeah, one of the, the key component one of the key components of that has been my regular publishing through Mac, through maco clark because that has an established audience so if if, if a uh, if a story goes through maco clark it gets put in front of lots of people versus putting it through my own profile basically
0: that's really interesting right because i do i write for the podcast host uh, okay. dot .com yep. um, and it's been great i really enjoy having that as an outlet for like timely articles and it's a paid gig which is nice but um I don't know how much audience building it's done for me. Now I did speak at their summit, and that was like huge for building my mailing list. But maybe I uh, maybe I have some homework to do. Right, find a couple of podcast-related publications on Medium, start my own, and yeah. get my content out that more um, out there more. Uh, now I will say, as this as we record this, it hasn't happened yet. But as it comes out, you're probably about a month in. Um, you have a Medium.com cohort that you're you're hosting, right? <laughs>
1: yeah so I'm not sure when this is being published but like you say maybe after after the first cohort has gone live possibly yeah
0: this will be um, uh, people are listening in early May if they're listening okay the day yeah it so it's out. been
1: a, yeah. yeah so the first one's been in fact it's quite a good time to talk about this because it will yeah. have happened hopefully it was a massive success yeah we'll um, do that
0: we'll uh, <laughs> fu- uh, future us has come back and it was a massive success
1: let's assume it was amazing yeah, yeah. Um, which I'm sure it will be but uh, yeah basically uh, to cut a very long story short I, I wrote a, an e-book last year about uh, how to make money on Medium and again playing on that whole you know two thousand dollars two thousand dollars a month thing that I've managed to to do because uh, clearly I've I've found something that works. I found a, a a process I've done it for long enough now that I know it works. Yeah. Um, so I, I built that process well kind of condensed it into an ebook um and then started doing some free webinars about it which were really well attended. I still do those actually and perhaps we could put a link to them because yeah, like sure. they're completely free and people can join. Um, and they were like like I say really popular. And then I thought, well, why don't I just go the full hog and start a proper academy for this and do a proper cohort based live, you know, not pre-recorded, not not really evergreen, um, full on live cohort based course, um, which I created. And like I say, by the time this has gone live, the first cohort will have been and gone. Um, And it's an eight week course. It's me presenting it. Um, I've tried to keep the pricing fairly realistic because I think a lot of cohort-based courses. There was a boom, wasn't there, through 2020 to 20. Yeah, probably very recently, really. 7.99 um, to one, like to oh, two thousand
0: dollars or whatever for a cohort-based course. Huge, yeah. yeah,
1: huge fees. And and to be fair to the people that were running them, people like Ali Abdal, they they worked. You know, they made an awful lot yeah. of money from these courses. But I think yeah. that that started as we we're recording now. That is starting to wane a bit. So I've I've for very sure. much kept that in mind and. The other, thing, the other reason I've kept that in mind is because I know that what I'm doing here isn't particularly well known. You know, people don't know what medium is. They're probably putting a lot of faith in me being able to show them how to use it properly and become effective online writers and what have you. Um, but yeah, so I, I just wanted to share my learnings, really. And that that's the other part of my business. You know, I'm a tech reviewer, but also I want to impart my knowledge and um, do it through these kind of cohorts and through free webinars and things. And I, I just enjoy, I enjoy doing it, really, Joe. It, it is, obviously, it's a, a revenue maker for the business. Again, not being shy about that at all.
0: Yeah.
1: But I genuinely enjoy it because it's very different to talking about laptops and iPhones all the time.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that's the beauty of the creator economy, right? I mean, that's why, I mean, this show, this show started off as me interviewing other WordPress developers on how they built their WordPress plugins. But it's evolved uh, to talking to creators about the creator economy. And like, that's the beauty of it, right? I get to talk about and teach you this thing I love that I do well. And I also get to make money doing it, which is super cool.
1: Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? And it's such yeah. a big, I think I listened to one of your, I can't, I've, Forgive me, I can't remember who it was that you were interviewing, but it was a fairly recent one uh, over the last couple of weeks where you quoted the uh, the, the kind of the, or the, the the guest might have quoted the number, uh, the revenue, the projected revenue for this greater economy per day, and it was something it was in the billions, you know, by oh, twenty yeah. twenty eight or something. Yeah, um, it's huge. It's just a massive industry. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, incredible. absolutely. But you're uh, you're you're making me dig back into my memory because
1: I've. Been, I wish I could remember who it was.
0: Yeah, or if it's it? if it's more recently, um, I could probably find it. But I've I'm like pretty far ahead, you know. I mean, like we're recording this and it's coming out in two months, so I'm pretty. It's impressive. Pretty excited about that. It's probably Jake Thomas. So I'm gonna guess it was Jake. Possibly, yeah. Uh, or maybe Drew Dillon. Like those are the two guys who probably it was. But hmm. anyway, check both of those out. Um, All the show notes will be over at howibuilt.it slash 312. Mark, if people want to learn more about you and what you're doing, uh, where can they find you?
1: There's a couple of places just to be greedy. Uh, the first one is yeah. markellisreviews.com. That's my main website really, so that's where all of the blog posts I've just mentioned uh, are that's, that's where they live. You can find me find my my um, YouTube channel from there, or you can search for for me on YouTube obviously. Um the other thing that I would like to very quickly plug is is Solo Club, which is the um that's my brand that I've built around the academy. So it's my it's my kind of the educational part of my business, I'm helping other creators. So Solo Club is a bit of a play on the solopreneur phrase uh, which I didn't used to like but I like it now because it kind of very (laughs) neatly describes what I do it's Um, like
0: webinar right I used to hate webinar yeah I'm like yeah now I do a webinar every month so
1: you have to accept it don't you Um, but yeah soloclub.online, that is where the academy lives and that is where the free webinars you can join and you can you can check out my ebook and that sort of stuff Um, yeah and from both of those websites you can get in touch with me directly as well if you want to
0: Fantastic. Well, like I said, all of that will be in the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 312. In the pro show, uh, we're going to talk about growing the YouTube channel, thoughts on YouTube podcasting. And then I'm going to ask you your webinar stack uh, because I'm very curious about this right now. Um, and uh, yeah, I, probably the ebook. We'll see how much time there is. I want to be cognizant of your time, obviously. Uh, but thank you, Mark, so much for coming on the show and spending some time with us today.
1: Thank Thanks, Joe. i loved it. It's been brilliant.
0: Thank you for listening. Thanks to our sponsors. Again, you can find all of the show notes over at howibuilt.it slash 312. You can also join the newsletter over there. I send uh, tips and tricks as all podcasters do. Um, Weekly, maybe multiple times a week if you identify yourself as a podcaster, you'll get a bunch of emails and it'll be great. Uh, So again, that's over at howibuilt.it slash 312. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, get out there and build something.